accumulation, preservation, generation. At Busey Bank, these are the principles we use to build meaningful financial partnerships with our clients and their families. With sound advice and vast resources, partner with Busey for a personalized approach to your legacy. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Member FDIC. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com Rob Kendall, Jim Merritt, Abdullah Keem Shabazz. The program is Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Before we begin the show, let's meet the award-winning panel. You know him from 30 years in the Indiana Senate. He was once the most respected man at 200 West Washington Street, and then he became friends with me. The great Jim Merritt. Hello, hello. Hey, by the way, I was uh, going through the archives, and I found some of our first episodes that we ever did. It was Capital Happenings before it was my even on the dark. Oh my goodness, you looked so much younger and more happy. <laughs> um, now, thanks to We Grow Hair, Indy, I still have about the same amount of hair. And I'm really happy now. Uh, boy, you uh, you have really come out of your shell since t- 2017. I was shouting at the, uh, I was watching it on YouTube, and I was shouting, you tell him, Jim, come on! <laughs> and now look at you. Jim Merritt, uh, good to see you. Uh, and you know him as the owner and operator of IndiePolitics.org, the great Abdul Akeem Shabazz. Hello. Well, this is probably a protective order against me, so i got to sit back about six feet. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? You know, I think uh, I think I met you about 10 years ago. Stuff, the, You know, the Facebook uh, stuff pops up your memories, and uh, I think it's been about 10 years that we've known each other now, a little bit longer than that. Of course, I checked my Facebook memories today. I was like, why so what when the other last year? Why four years ago? Why eight years ago? Oh, leap your day. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, we'll get to the Indiana politics and government stuff. But first, you're kind of the star of the show today, Abdul. You're uh you're <laughs> you're headed to court next week. Um let's let's just okay, let's start with what is going on. Someone someone who we featured last week on this show, he's very angry at you and is is uh, seeking a protective order against you. Yes, a protective order uh has a a, a hearing uh next Monday at 1:30. Uh has been uh I got the notice in the mail. Uh there's going to be a protective order hearing because apparently Gabriel Whitley, uh who has some questionable campaign finance issues and other issues, has filed for a protective order. And when I sat there and looked at it, I was like, okay, well, why would he need a protective order? Because we've never really interacted with each other. Right. I mean, we've been in this, we've been in, at a couple sort of a mayoral forum. We're at the same event. Another couple of forums. We're at the same thing. But we didn't really you know, talk to each other. Just, right. Or even acknowledge each other for that matter. And then we had a little bit of an exchange uh, on his news break, who's your hive, who's your inquiry, who's your whatever that thing is. Well, he has a, he, they, ro- they seem to rotate, uh, you know, uh, every so often there's a new one that pops up. Yeah, basically saying, hey, we need to do, what you're saying is actionable. You need to cut this crap right. out. Your, your attorney sent a letter to him because yes. he made all sorts of crazy accusations against you. And your attorney basically said, cut, cut the crap. It, and so it wasn't like you showed up at his house. It wasn't like you've been calling his cellular telephone. No, I, uh, I did not show up near 10th and Dearborn. <laughs> and so, so what is this all about? Like, what does he want? What, what is the? Don't you have to? Aren't protective orders usually for 
It's oftentimes people you're engaged in some sort of close relationship yeah, with. Usually, usually, a lot of times protective orders are issued uh, for people who have an intimate relationship, uh, husband, wife, you know, intimate partner, and usually they live together. Yeah. And there's abuse going on and something else. So the, the courts are issued a protective order to, to save the, to protect the individual who's being abused or harmed. Yeah. We do not have that relationship. At least I don't. <laughs> he may have something in his head, but we do not have that relationship. So when he filed for the protective order, I'm like, okay, well, this is, this is interesting. Uh, so the protective, also the protective order hearing is actually Monday at one thirty. It wasn't uh, District uh, Court twenty two, Division twenty two, but it's been moved over to Division six. And when I called the court the other day to see, like, hey, well, this is going to be a WebEx hearing. I understand that, but can I, you know, let you know my, you know, let the public know that hey, I'm in this hearing and this is where they can check it out. Um, I'm not sure yet, so I'm going to find that out today for sure. This is so weird because this guy is so mouthy on social media. And he's such a, you know, tough guy on social media. And the only thing you've ever done is comment on his behavior. And yet he's filing for a protective order against well, you. This well, is you crazy. Know, one thing, Abdul, I had a question is that uh, with a, a protective order, uh, it, it usually the person that has has filed it has some sort of fear. Yes. And, and with that fear... The police or an investigator usually contacts the individual who is creating that fear. So if that the action. Have you been contacted? Nope. <laughs> no. And so. Just just a notice in the mail. Yes. And so the way it goes, I guess, is they have the hearing and and the individual comes in and tells the judge or some magistrate what is, you know, why do you feel fear? And I, I can't see. And, and neither, he may and, not even show up. Exactly. And if he didn't show up, that would not surprise me because he just filed he filed an election challenge this week against uh, Joe Biden, saying Joe Biden didn't fill out the form right for his signatures. And everybody sort of laughed, like, really, are you serious? And he never showed up. He didn't withdraw his complaint, just didn't, didn't yeah, show up. Yeah, so let's talk about this. Obviously, we spent a lot of the show last week talking about this Gabriel Whitley guy, and he had, had a huge expose in the Capitol Chronicle. Uh, which you can go read at Indiana Capital Chronicle about donors that can't be found and a political consulting firm that he, he's a part of or was a part of that can't be found and friends that can't be found. I mean, this guy's life is now a giant question mark. And if you were clearly on the radar, I mean, there's been complaints with the FEC. There's been complaints with the ID. You mentioned that the FBI has the information. Has it. You're clearly on the rate the radar of authorities in numerous capacities. Would you be pulling crap like this? Wouldn't you just go at a hole somewhere and hope people forget you exist? My, my thing is, why make yourself an why make yourself an, uh, an unnecessary target? That that has always been my. My thing, and and I don't know. I said I don't know what exactly is going through uh, Gabe's head. I, I do know that it's about it's about it was it was cute for a while. Like okay, fine, whatever. Until he actually filed a complaint against me with the Indiana Disciplinary Commission. Yeah, those are the those people who can take away my law license. Once you start doing that, now you're messing with my money, my livelihood. And that was rejected. Yeah, it was rejected. Uh, I believe the technical term that the that the court used was BS in, in layman's terms. <laughs> That's another term I would use, but this is the podcast version. But this would also air on Sunday morning. Yes, that's so right. We're still held by FCC standards. I don't want you to yes. have to beat this out or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, and so it's, the whole thing is, in my opinion, completely ridiculous, and it is it's about time for this to finally come to an end. Well, have, have you considered filing a restraining order against him? <laughs> <laughs> that thought had crossed my mind. I bet. <laughs> well, and- but, 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 but see, the problem with filing a restraining order against him is that he is technically, well, not technically, he is a candidate for Congress. Yeah. 
running the Republicans. You got to cover him. And second or seventh directors. I technically have responsibility to cover him and all the candidates. So how can you get a restraining order from the media if you're a candidate running for public office? <laughs> well, and look, I know we went into this in depth last week. This Gabriel Whitley is accused of some very serious things, and he doesn't have answers for some very serious things. And it, it strikes me as you guys know this because you've covered politics and government. You were a part of politics and government for a long time. And I'll start with you on this, Jim. There's a lot of people who say, boy, wouldn't it be cool if, and then once the heat starts the bearing down on them, then they don't want any part of it. Boy, I guess it wasn't so cool. And this guy really strikes me as that. He was real mouthy and a real tough guy until the microscope got pointed at him. And now he, it isn't so fun anymore. Well, it seems like he's kind of Casper the ghost. You know, I've never seen the man. And, and, uh, I, I think that the idea his running for Congress is ridiculous. It, it's kind of a it, it's it's folly. It it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And and I'm certain the reason why I ask about the restraining order order is is uh, he would have to hire counsel then because you would show up at the at the uh, at the hearing. Yes. And so it, this is costing you money if your attorney sent 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 a letter and. Uh, uh, I I think I think of his abuse and and he 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 doesn't have any business being in politics. Politics is a serious business. We've talked about how politics has changed. Can you tell some of your friends that that politics is a serious business? Because the way they govern, I don't think they got that memo, Jim. It's more like well, a context board. Yeah, it's um, it's a difficult slog. And I I you know, our friends who are running for governor are running into brick walls right now and. And uh, this guy really doesn't get it that that the light is going to shine brightly on him one day. And it was, it was interesting. So you mentioned that complaint that he made against Joe Biden, um, and he had posted videos about it. And there, you know, that the, this and that, and you know, that Biden didn't get the signatures. And of course, we, you know, we had like Nikki Kelly on our Kendall Casey show. She's like, he's so far over the signature threshold. And then for this guy Whitley. To not even show up when he knows he's on the IED's radar, which probably means he's going to be on the IEC's radar, and you don't even show up. It wasn't like he filed a complaint and then said, "Oh, hey, I've changed my mind." There was an actual hearing, you know, scheduled, and for him to no show, now you've probably just pissed those people off because they're like, "You're wasting our time for a guy who's probably already on their radar." What a stupid move! Like I said, why? It, it, to me, it doesn't make any sense to draw more attention to yourself than absolutely necessary. It, well, we're talking about him yes. right now, and so he likes that. Yeah, we're he likes that now. Yeah. He may not like that a week from now. Yeah. He may well, not like that a month from now. Well, what's the punishment? What's the, it's well, not we'll real, see. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. But, but the bottom line is, is we are dedicating some time to state house happenings to talk to, about an individual that just doesn't make a difference other than you're spending legal fees to defend yourself. And the other and the other interesting point of all this, too, is not only did he uh, file a complaint with the district commission, which was dismissed, also uh, this past week he filed a complaint with the Marion County Election Board, accusing me of using uh, my personal, my, when I ran for mayor uh, last year, of using campaign funds to buy my wife a washer and dryer and to pay off my car. <laughs> and I went, I went and got a copy of the complaint, and the dates that all this apparently happened, what I thought was interesting was uh, February 1st, 2024, to February 22nd, 2024. Like, well, okay, well, the mayor's race was last year in 2023, and I lost the primary, and we closed out our... I don't understand what you're... Yeah, well, there's no there's no trail anyway. No. 
and so it's and then apparently I, po- apparently I posted a picture of the new washer and dryer on on social media, and so I wrote in my cheat sheet this week like, hey, if you guys see the picture of me with a washer and dryer, could you let me know because my wife was looking for them. Yeah, <laughs> but but you know it, this can be uh, funny in some regards, but I had friends of yours calling me and saying, is Abdul okay? And it was more than four or five people, and so. Um, we can, we, you know, we can laugh about it a little bit and, and make jokes about it, but that's your, that's your honor. Yeah. This, it, it, this it, is something that is, is it, something important. I've been in politics long enough and been a, I've been a public figure long enough that I can take this thing as an arrows of outrageous fortune and, and do whatever. However, you're, you're absolutely right. That's why I kind of made a point. People like to do shit. I'm like, no, I'm not going to ignore it. But I'm going to make it a point like, hey, guys, if you see this, this is not true. Well, this is totally bogus. And this is why very hopeful that FEC, IEC, other authorities that we've mentioned, maybe more authorities uh, based on these complaints, get involved. Because this guy's been doing this crap for a long time, and he doesn't care who he hurts. He doesn't care what he does. And the only way to stop that, it's like you and Todd Rokita clearly don't like each other, Right. But you work in an honorable fashion with your dislike, right? Like Rakita says some things about you. You say some things about him. But you're covering him in the context of his role as an, you know, as a as a government official. You're not accusing him of doing, you know, illegal things. He's not accusing you of doing illegal things. That's how this operates, Jim. You were part of this for thirty years, and this guy, there appear to be no boundaries whatsoever on what he will do. Until somebody actually, with the ability to do it, puts a stop to it. Rob, you put your thumb on something. Today's politics, you can trash anybody. And with social media, uh, it, it, Abdul's, uh, you know, we all know Abdul. We all know him as a high integrity, um, happy individual. Most of the time. Most of the time. But, 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 (laughs) all the time. But, But bottom line here is, is this is kind of a microcosm of what is happening in social media and the world is, you can take someone's honor and trash it in in five minutes when that individual's worked 25, 30 years. Yeah, that's, that's a great that point. John. That's a great point because 20 years ago, this guy doesn't exist because it's not like he works for the Indy Star. It's not like he works for WIBC. Or they'd it's, laugh at him. Right. He has no legitimate. let it out. There is no legitimate. Indianapolis News. Right. There is no legitimate platform on which this guy operates. It's these, you know, just you can sign up and create an account and post it. And then through things getting shared on the internet. There's no, he's not being held to any standard, sort of sta- right? Standard no, whatsoever. No regulation, and yeah. and and one account gets exposed, and now there's another one, and mm-hmm. this gets exposed, and now there's another thing. He's the Michael Scott Paper Company of <laughs> Indiana politics and government. Here's here's what I say: when you have to say your name is Honest Gabe, we have honest in your name. That means you're probably not. Well, here's the, and then we'll get off this because we got some other politics things to 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 cover and, and government. But there's a whole bunch of photos of him with very high, multiple photos in some cases, with very high-profile people. He's photographed with Diego Morales a whole bunch. And when all the stuff comes out about this guy, because, you know, it, it is coming out, and there's going to be more that probably comes out. If you're a Diego Morales, because it's not just, like, like John Gacy was photographed once with Rosalind Carter. Nobody believes Rosalind Carter was buddies with John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> but there's a whole lot of these high-profile politicians who are doing real grip and grin type of photos with this dude, they're going to have some explaining to do. Well, I, I think I think they have a, a very easy explanation. I was at an event. He was a supporter. We took a picture. I take Like, Jimmy, take a picture at, at Lincoln Day dinners with, yeah. with lots of people. Yeah. 
and you can say, I don't know him. Just, just somebody took a picture. But like with Diego, over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Well, you know, look, <laughs> you remember uh, when I when I ran for mayor? Every time uh, I was in an event with Governor Holcomb, I'd get a picture with him. It, yeah. It, and what uh, terrible judgment on your part? <laughs> well, it, it 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 he's the governor, and it was a good thing to post. And I'm not sure if he liked that or not. <laughs> no, nope, not after about uh, January of 17 when we showed up at his uh, we showed up at his office for that interview. My 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 point is is that you can get uh, I, I there are probably, probably pictures of me shaking hands with people that I didn't even know who it was, and uh, it it you're you're really at risk when you're in the public eye, and I have a feeling this guy is going to feel the heat. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com Rob Kendall, Jim Merritt, Abdul Kim Shabazz, the program of Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. So you reported, so it's Thursday, the 29th of February. It's a leap, leap year, leap day, leap, leap day. year, whatever. And um, you reported this last night in your cheat sheet, Abdul, and I just wanted to touch on this real quick. Uh, Micah Beckwith is going to file today to run for lieutenant governor. You reported he's got something like 600 people who are running for convention delegate, and they're running for the sole purpose of, we're going to elect you. That's a, a large number when you only need 900 to get across the finish line. Yes. Uh, what Micah Beckwith has done, and I'll give him credit, where we don't agree on much, uh, but I'll give credit where credit is due. But you guys are fine. Yeah, we're fine. We don't agree. We, we don't agree on yeah, the social issues. Yeah, no, yeah. but you guys can do an interview together. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, we get, yeah, we get along that, in that perspective. Uh, what he did was uh, he was organized. He got organized about a year ago, and just worked the room. He also was he also had help with uh, moms, the Moms for Liberty group. Yeah, and, and a lot of the pastor networks as well, and you know recruited people to run for convention delegate. Now, please note, folks, why this is important is because the lieutenant governor. And the attorney general's office are picked at conventions, not picked in primaries. And the conventions will be uh, taking place that second, third week of June. And so, by having these convention delegates and people running for a convention delegate, by the way, by the way, my wife is running for how exciting convention delegate. That's more and cheat so am I. Yeah, that's more cheat sheet material than than anything else. Um, but uh, if you get enough, did you have her do that just so she could give you the mailers that show up at her house? Of you, course, you did, didn't you? I knew it. Of course. Why? Why wouldn't I? <laughs> Doesn't cost me anything. <laughs> and at first, she wasn't crazy about it. Like, honey, well, look like this: you get to, you you become convention delegate. All the candidates reach out to you. And you let me know what they're doing, and it ends up in the cheat sheet. I sell more subscriptions. You get more at steak dinners at Hyde Park. And it's a business that a hundred dollars, whatever you got to pay to the party if you win, it's a business write-off. Exactly. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. So you're running for delegate. I am. I am. Um, now, look. Okay, so. Let's just do a little insider baseball here because, let's face it, the people who listen to the show are really into Indiana politics and government. If you're So you got to run in the primary, yes. and at the mm -hmm. bottom of your ballot, whether you live in Marion County or Hendricks County or whatever, and every county elects their delegates differently, it's choose X amount of delegates for the Republican convention. So, like, Hendricks County does theirs by school corporation. So Brownsburg, based on population, I think gets 10 delegates to go. There's 30 people running. You can pick up to 10 of these people 
who you want to be the convention delegate, and then the top 10 vote getters, they get the... Is it a really a privilege, Jim? Do we use the term privilege? Well, I wanted the mail. <laughs> it's a, it's a, you get the privilege, I guess, of paying, what is it, $100 it's or $150 something like that, to the yeah. Republican Party, mm-hmm. and then you have to go for an entire day. Mm-hmm. Is it at the... Is it at the uh, well, last the, year the fairgrounds was at again? The Indiana Farmers Coliseum. Yeah. Now this year, I I believe it's going to be at the convention. Convention center. center okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then you get the privilege of going downtown, spending an entire day, and you vote on things like the party platform. Mm-hmm. You vote on lieutenant governor. You vote on attorney general. And so it's really a lot of work that you have to actually pay for. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'll take my laptop laptop and work on my book. <laughs> but, but yes, it's. Um, it's something I, that I, I did last time and enjoyed it. And uh, Daniel Elliott, I was actually up on stage yeah. with him, uh, supporting him in, in his pink shirt. And uh, it, I had a lot of fun last year at the Coliseum. But um, the 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 idea of of participating this year was something I feel like I I, I want to do. And and I, the rumor goes right now that there are thirty five people. That uh, last time I checked, seventeen women, eighteen men, who are running for ten spots in my township. Oh my goodness! And so in contested Carmel, race. Yes, and uh, and so it it will be really interesting. I'm not sure why Carmel Clay has just ten spots, but uh, bottom line is that uh, I'll be running. I'm not going to put yard signs up, but I've seen people do that, and I think it's part of my duty as as kind of uh, ex officio. Uh, state senator, state officer, uh, to do this, and and uh, it will be interesting. And, and when you talk about Pastor Beckworth, uh, it's impressive. I, I I I've said this before in this program before. That's probably the Diego Morales voter yeah. from last last time. I talked to somebody the other day, and they were talking about that. And um, so so do I want I want to talk with you about this. This is really. This is Micah Beckwith would have no chance to win a statewide race. Like if he had to run, like Eric Doden is running, or in a primary, or in a primary where you've got to spend, you know, several million dollars, you would have no. A guy like that wouldn't have a shot because the establishment would put infinite money behind somebody, and he would have no shot to win. However, when all you got to do is get to what is it, nine hundred and one or whatever that number it's, is, it's a six eighteen hundred votes. Or yeah. yeah. So if you got to get to nine hundred one, assuming everyone shows up, probably mm-hmm. even less than that. That's a pretty doable thing. It is, it is, it is within the realm of possibility. I, I will say that because you got to remember too. Although Mike has about uh, less than six hundred people running uh, for him, there's also lots of other folks running too. You got county chair people, got people running, running against him. Yes. Yeah, you got other folks who may be running for lieutenant governor, also uh, running against him too. And I, and I do know there is an organized effort uh, to sort of sort of combat sort of that that Beckwith wing of the Republican Party because what's happening in Indiana, sort of what's been happening nationwide, you have the more traditional Republicans versus the more ideological Republicans. Yeah. So so what's playing out in Indiana really isn't any different from what's been playing out in other places. We talked about this on our show, Jim, and then I'll, I'll let you have the floor. And this is really an indictment of these people running for governor. Micah Beckwith, whether you like him or not, is by far the most entertaining thing happening in Indiana politics and government right now because the governor people are a snooze fest. Yeah, it's um, it, we, we've talked about this on this program that right now if you're running for governor, you ought to be talking about property taxes and you ought to be talking about education when Johnny can't read. And that that's really what, what ought to be happening. And Mike is taking advantage of this, and, and uh, kudos to him. I think I said six months ago, uh, a governor candidate who is interested in 
in winning the no- nomination, the primary, and then getting their own uh, lieutenant governor selection, should have named a lieutenant governor uh, yeah. individual nominee uh, four months ago because that person could be out sharing the state. Indiana is a big state, 92 counties, and it's uh, from South Bend to New Albany, Terre Haute to Richmond. It is a large, large state. And if they could have been dividing the the duties where you, if you're in Lafayette and somebody needs to be in in Brazil, you could cover it. And so I think I think it was a missed opportunity for the governor candidates to not to to uh, name their own lieutenant governor candidate because they could have they could have had, had a head up on another individual. See, I'm gonna push back a little bit on the whole thing about the governor's race being a snooze fest because right now the legislative session is still going on for about another week or so. And while the governor's, while the, while the, and most, most of the political class is paying attention to the legislature right now. I mean, there, there's a handful of people who are paying attention to the governor's race. I would expect that once uh, lawmakers are out of here, you'll see the governor's race really start really start to heat up. Because right now, what you're, you're, you're raising money, you're getting organized, you're ready to, re- to release the dog, so to speak. Now, granted, you, you still got a primary coming up. Early voting actually starts April 7th. Yeah. We've got a month of early voting. So I would expect that once lawmakers in, and right before early voting starts, you'll see things really start to heat up. So speaking of the governor's race, um, there was another straw poll. I saw that in the cheat sheet. I basically just steal 90% <laughs> of the show from your cheat sheet in the oh, Indiana Nikki. Capital Chronicle. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I tell Nikki Kelly that every time we have her on our Kindle at Casey well, show. Outstanding. Um, yeah, so, But you reported there was another straw poll. And just like the first one, Suzanne Crouch was the winner. Yeah, Suzanne Crouch, she won, uh, she won the, the, the typical New County straw poll and also uh, – she won the the sixth district congressional district straw poll. Now, granted, these these are straw polls, so you take them take them for what they are worth. Right. Uh, what was interesting about the typical New County straw poll? It was at a Lincoln Day, and you had to pay to actually participate. On top of paying to be at the Lincoln Day. Yeah. So that means you have. Barrett, so that, means, that means the only people who are really going to participate. No, no, it's I not mean, that, normal. It really seems like a money grab. I, it, it seems kind of ridiculous. <laughs> but but you know but but if you think about it. It shows who the truly dedicated yeah, people right. are. Yeah, you're right. That's very true. That's very and true. And in the, in the uh, typical new county straw poll, Suzanne Crouch was first. I want to say Mike Braun. No, I want to say Curtis Hill was second. Well, yeah. that's in that one out in the sixth district. I think this last one, Braun got second, then Hill was third in the one you're talking about, the one where you yeah. had to pay, pay to be a part of it. So she's won. I mean, again, won two in a row. But you're right. In terms of the dedicated people, it is interesting that she – anecdotally, seems to be doing the best so far amongst really dedicated people. Well, exactly. She, well, she's got momentum. Uh, you know, you claim any little victory, these two, and then she was also government of the year, government leader of the year at the Mental what? Health Association. Oh, okay. I was uh, like, what What? What <laughs> standard are we going by with this, well, Jim? There, there were four or 500 people in that room, and, yep. and uh, she stood up there and t- uh, told her story, and she was government leader of the year with Mental Health Association Indiana, and uh, that's not that's that's a victory. You had a, that's positivity. You had a theory, and we talked about this before you started your mayoral run last year. Before I had to kick you off the show, and then it became Merritt and 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 uh, myself. And you said, "Hey, look, there's enough people who still like Holcomb that if someone can claim now, we obviously had no idea at that point Chambers was going to get in, et cetera. But and we were talking about Suzanne specifically." that there's enough pro-Holcomb people left that while it's a minority of the party, if you have people dividing the anti-Holcomb vote, there's still 35, 40% of the people who are, you know, establishment to the the core. And if she can get those, 
then she could win. And it looks like, as you reported the cheat sheet, Curtis and Braun seem to be kind of splitting that anti-Holcomb vote. And that's kind of playing out, at least in these straw polls. Well, imagine that. Well, it's kind of, that's brilliant. kind of confusing because, uh, you know, uh, when you look at the, the establishment, the team that uh, Brad Chambers has behind him uh, with the former chairman of the party and uh, Jen Hollowell, who's an outstanding strategist, and and the people that he has around, Marty Opes, fundraising, people he has around him are establishment types as well. Yes, but the thing, I think, I think, but the thing is, but the difference between Brad Chambers and Suzanne Crouch, Suzanne has been in government for a while. Yeah. And she's also got a lot more, more name ID and also have a lot of relationship with all those local officials and county, those, those municipal and county executives, so... And and she and she walks in like and I, and I go back to the Richard Luger, uh, Richard Luger Dick Murdoch race, where Luger only got forty percent of the primary vote. To me, that is the that is the, that is sort of the establishment yeah. floor Bedrock, uh-huh. ceiling. And the more people who get in, the more they split up that sixty. And and we got about thirty seconds left. But compared to Brad Chambers, like Suzanne Crouch is a super likable person in person. Like if you were to meet her, she would actually be a fun person to sit and shoot the breeze with. And you know, Jim, you worked around her for years. Yeah. Brad Chambers comes off as even in his ads as like one of just highly unlikable. Well, he's very serious. He's a businessman. I've known him since college, and uh, he seems a- like the sort of person you would hang out with. <laughs> well, well, you he, like the rich, successful people, well, man. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I thought you were throwing me down. No, I just meant you. That's who. Look at how you're dressed. It's always like a million damn dollars. Well, the uh, the idea of Brad Chambers. He, he was chairman of the state fair commission. Did an outstanding job there. He's a success, and uh, and and he's trying to relate that to Indiana and having difficulty. All right, we got to go. Abdul Kim Jabaz, Jim Merritt, you're the best. Thank you. Thank you. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com, and I know you will, too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Rob Kendall, Jim Merritt, Abdul Akeem Shabazz. The program is State House Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Jim Merritt, he's on Twitter at Jim underscore Merritt, at Jim underscore Merritt. Abdul on Twitter at A-T-T-Y Abdul, at A-T-T-Y Abdul. And me, I'm on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall, at Rob M. Kendall. And don't forget, you can hear me weekdays 9 until noon. Kendall and Casey show on 93.1 WIBC. For Jim Merritt, for Abdul Akeem Shabazz, I'm Rob Kendall. You've been listening to State House Happenings.